Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today, APAS calls for quick government action to support producers facing drought across the province. President Todd Lewis outlines a wide range of support options for the province and the federal government, including a drought committee. We have a feature interview with the province's bee specialist. Amid concern, poor crops could mean poor honey production this year. Real Agriculture talks with stock grower second vice president Jeff Yorga at Wood Mountain about the impact of drought on the prairies. A farm at Bladworth, northwest of Regina, hosts the Treaty Land Sharing Network tomorrow. So far, 20 farms have signed up to share their land with First Nation people for gathering plants and medicines, hunting, ceremony, and other uses. The wheat growers express concern about Ottawa delaying implementation of an important farm tax bill. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Saskatchewan's General Farm Group has released a list of steps for government to take to help producers cope with current drought. APAS President Todd Lewis says now is the time for government to act. Well, there's things both, uh, you know, the federal government and, and provincial government can do. That, I mean, no government can make it rain, but there's some, you know, concrete things they can do to uh, help producers what they're going through currently, especially on the livestock side. You know, the federal government and uh, provincial government cost share uh, things like crop insurance, agri-recovery, agri-stability, all those things. So our business risk management programming. So we've asked for the federal government to uh, extend the agri-stability deadline as well as continue with the uh, leaving the funding proposal from 78% on the table. And, uh, you know, and then we've asked the province to uh, do the same, of course, and to support that uh, rise from 70 to 80%. Uh, the federal government can also... Uh, on the livestock side of things, put in a tax deferral program that allows producers that have to start to sell down their herd that uh, they can defer that income in, into future years so they don't have to pay tax on it all once year. You know, this year it's not a tax holiday, it's just a matter of uh, managing those affairs. So if things get better next year, they can uh, reinvest that money back into the herds without paying a big, huge tax bill this year. So those are just a couple examples. Of, another example would be... Uh, Water infrastructure programs help with well digging, uh, help financial help with things like dugouts as well. And but certainly on the well drilling side of things, any help would certainly be welcome through uh, either from federal or provincial programming just to uh, allow producers to uh, dig some new wells. Because unfortunately, water is very short in, in the countryside, and new wells will have to be dug if we're going to keep the uh, the cattle herd watered. And crop insurance, you want them to also expedite the conversion of drought stricken crops into livestock feed. 
I think, you know, the biggest thing we w- we want to see is those producers with crop insurance and uh, that they're allowed to leave test strips, let get the cattle out on the land if they want to turn their cattle out into their into their standing crop. You know, like the weeks we have coming up, six, seven days uh, waiting for an adjuster to show up could be a huge difference as to the quality of the feed that's left for the cattle. So I think, uh, you know, we just want communication both on the producer side and the, and the crop insurance side that test strips can be left, how large the test strip should be, all those things. And producers uh, want to make the decision uh, to uh, put the crops, put livestock out into their crops that they'll be uh, able to do so quickly. How bad is the drought across Saskatchewan? Well, I, you know, I think the idea of half a crop, I think, is uh, starting to materialize. It's going to be a huge economic hit for producers and for the entire province. The large, large area, you know, where there's just a few pockets, smaller pockets, you know, southeast of Regina and south, you know, southeast of Saskatchewan that aren't, you know, on the, when you look at the moisture maps there, that they're starting to become short too, but, you know, really the rest of the province is short or very short and, you know, we've been trying to grow a crop from the top down this year instead of from the bottom up. The moisture bank is empty, and we haven't gotten those timely rains throughout the growing season here. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, fortunately, we had a great germination and, and real good start to the crop. But unfortunately, you know, that crop was growing quickly and used up the, the available moisture. And in many cases, it hasn't been replenished throughout the growing season here. And we're seeing the results now with wilting and dying crops and, uh, you know, really seeing yields really start to drop, you know, daily in some areas. You farm just southeast of Regina. How are your crops looking? Well, we've been, you know, very fortunate right around here. We've had some timely rains, and so we're hanging on pretty good. You know, I would say we, we probably have the potential for at least an average crop right now, but at the same time, uh, you know, we're in the heavy clay here, so it holds the moisture, but we're going to start seeing crops start going backwards here over the next couple of weeks. If the forecast rings, rings true with the mid-30 temperatures and so on, uh, that dries up a lot of moisture and the wind's not helping either. So it's, we're even in the areas that have received enough moisture, uh, you know, we're quickly going to see uh, crops start to deteriorate. And unfortunately for those areas, you know, both pastures and, and standing crop are in very poor condition throughout a lot of the province and really it's border north to south in a lot of areas that are having issues. APAS President Todd Lewis farms at Gray, southeast of Regina. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroughs.ca and Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialists. From moisture meters to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. A poor canola crop usually means below normal honey production. Bees get nectar from many flowers and crops, but in Saskatchewan, canola is extremely important. Jeff Wilson is Saskatchewan's provincial apiculture specialist. Well, uh, the heat itself doesn't really hasn't really affected the honeybees. It's affected the canola, and basically, the bees require good, healthy canola to, uh, to make nectar, so that way they can uh, get the surplus and make the honey. So, with uh, poor canola, you're they'll make less nectar, basically. He was asked if bees have to travel further to get nectar. They'll go as close as the best honey uh, source is, the best nectar source. So if there's good nectar close by, they will stick close by. If the pickings aren't good very close, they will go further. And they'll go easily up out two miles, so three kilometers kind of range. Wilson says bees enjoy other crops. Uh, well, they really like the clovers and alfalfas, uh, depending on where you are in the province. Uh, some areas were reporting that they were getting a good alfalfa clover kind of flow, and others it wasn't quite as good, probably in part depending on moisture. But those crops seem to have deeper roots, so they, uh, they can still make honey for the bees even when it's a bit drier. 
Wilson says bees survived the winter in pretty good shape. Across the province, we had a very good winter mortality numbers. We did have some exceptions. Some beekeepers did have some higher than wanted mortality, but we came in about 14% uh, loss over the winter, which is our best in years. So really good winter for the bees. Wilson explains the factors behind the losses. If it's an old queen, she might not have the uh, resources or the ability to head the colony through the winter. So the queen is old and and tired, basically. Uh, So it could be a queen thing. Sometimes it's a disease thing. Mostly the diseases were under control last year, so uh, that didn't crop up too much. And this year, uh, the weather was good, so that wasn't really a factor. And uh, the disease of concern this past year, there was a little bit of nosema, which is a gut parasite, which makes the bees poop all winter. That's affected some beekeepers. And of course, our, uh, our worst one is varroa mites, and that affected a few other beekeepers. Now is a busy time for beekeepers. And as soon as they start pulling honey. So from what I'm hearing, they're just starting to pull some honey in the very south end of the province and our, our, our more northern beekeepers will be starting here right away. As soon as they start making the honey, pulling in the honey from the bees, it will be ridiculously busy for the beekeepers. Wilson says the busiest time is now till the middle of next month. Most of the honey is produced between right now and mid-August. Uh, some beekeepers just finished pulling off in September. Others are done mid-August. So it, it depends a bit on the flowers and a bit on the secondary flow. If we get some rain, sometimes the alfalfa will uh, bloom again and make some more uh, make some more nectar, and the bees will go back to work. But unless we get some rain, that's not looking likely this year. So it's a bit premature to expect lower honey production this year. You never know with bees. Uh, the populations of bees are out there, so they, as long as there are some flowers for them, they can do a good job even with a little bit limited resources. But uh, you never really know. Rain would really help a lot. But canola is the important crop. Absolutely. Probably 85% of the honey produced in this province is from canola. Jeff Wilson is Saskatchewan's provincial apiculture specialist. He's based in Prince Albert. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I am joined right now by Jeff Yorga. He's a rancher from Wood Mountain, Saskatchewan. He's also second vice president with the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing good, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Jeff, th- this is a real serious situation. Uh, the The drought conditions that are on the prairies right now are are well documented. It, there has been some areas that have gotten some rain, but the problem still persists. Yesterday, SSGA sent out a press release calling on governments, provincial and federal, to take immediate action. What are you asking for? Well, Sean, I think it's important to... I'm going to use a different D word, and it's not drought, it's disaster. Um, what producers are looking at right now is is somewhat unprecedented. 
and you know the region that I'm at, we've had two inches of moisture since June of last year, and so producers are facing a situation where there's a no grass, b if there is grass, there's no water for the cattle to drink, and c the crops aren't growing, and so there is no chance to salvage feed. And so what we're actually looking for and what we're talking about with the government is some ways to help us work through that. Uh, a number of options that have been talked about are, you know, everybody, every time this happens, there's a discussion about a tax deferral. Uh, One-year tax deferral doesn't help producers that have to sell into a down market and buy into a very high market, which we anticipate being the case next year. What we need is a tax deferral that'll go, you know, five plus years so that producers have the opportunity to average back into the market. We've also had a lot of discussions about the, the availability of the farm and ranch water infrastructure program. It's a fantastic program for producers who are able to utilize it, but there are some funding caps. There are some uh, cost share limits that we'd like to see expanded for uh, disaster situations like we're in. There's uh, an opportunity for producers and, and that's the, the key to this is all of the, the moves made today have the ability or have the, have the option to set us up for success in the future if we're able to do them properly. And that's where infrastructure moves like farm and ranch water infrastructure help set us up for the future for when this potentially could happen again. Have you been hearing from members uh, about uh, herd sales trying to, I guess, trying to make ends meet? Or you know, obviously the feed situation is is a is a real crunch. Have, have members have been have they been trying to sell herd that they didn't anticipate a year ago? Yes, the short answer is yes. And the first thing that happens, the yearlings go to town. If you uh, just did Swift Current, there's 1,700 yearlings selling this week, and that's. That's very high for this time of year. You know, yeah. Typically, that's a fall move, not a, a midsummer move. You know, I I fully anticipate uh, seeing sale reports where there's a lot of 400 weight fallen calves and dry cows going to town. You know, I from from where we live, you know, a number two highway to to the Alberta border. You know, I I fully anticipate half or a third at least of the calf of the cow herd disappearing this fall. Yeah, and it's not because people want to; it's because there is no choice. There's no, there's no feed. For your own personal situation, what is this drought? How how has it impacted your ranch? Well, we're that's that's a that's very difficult because you know every nobody wants to be selling cattle. We're in a situation where we're going to have to sell a lot of cows. Uh, we're also in a situation where anything that's retained is going to have to be fed somewhere else this winter. And so, you know, we're in a situation where, and, you know, this is maybe unique to us, but we had 300 acres of hay on the ground that blew away two days ago in the only storm we've had in two years. Hmm. And so it, uh, things are compounding for producers and, you know, the cattle that are staying that are going to stay in the herd are going to have to be fed somewhere else this winter, unfortunately. And figuring out where that's going to be and what it's going to cost and how far away they're going to have to go is uh, is becoming a bit of a challenge right now. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Infuse some energy into your next corporate event, customer meeting, or conference with Real Ag Radio, Canada's national agriculture radio show. 
Create a unique experience at your next event with host Sean Haney, broadcasting Real Ag Radio live on Sirius XM, featuring exciting guests, captivating interviews, and the latest news from the agriculture community. Contact advertising at realagriculture.com or call 587-787-1795 to book your on-location with Real Ag Radio today. Apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, partly cloudy, with 30% chance of showers late this afternoon and evening. Risk of a thunderstorm late this afternoon and tonight. Local smoke and hazy, the high today 29, the low 15. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, wind south 20 and gusting to 40, the high 32, the low 17. And for the next six days after today, the high is forecast to be 32 or 33. Once again, Thursday, high 32, low 17. Friday, sunny, the high 32, the low 18. Saturday, sunny, the high 33, the low 18. Sunday, sunny, the high 33, the low 17. Monday, sunny, the high 33, the low 19. Tuesday, sunny, the high near 33. Normal high is 25 for this date. The normal low is 11. The sun rose at 5.03 this morning. It sets at 9.06 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, 28 degrees in Saskatoon. The cold spot, Cypress Hills in the southwest corner at 22. Esteban, 27. Saskatoon, 28. Swift Current, 26. Weyburn, 27. Yorkton, 25. Sunny in Regina, 27 degrees. That's 81 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at 10. Humidity, 31%. Barometer falling, 101.7. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 28. Winds are from the south at 15. Once again, Regina, sunny in 27. That's 81 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. The newly formed Treaty Land Sharing Network will be launched tomorrow at a farm near Bladworth, about 160 kilometers northwest of Regina. The farm of Mary Smiley and Ian McCurry will distribute signs for members to post on their land, allowing First Nation visitors to gather plants and medicines, hunting, ceremony, and other uses. Mary Smiley says about 20 farmers have joined the Treaty Land Sharing Network. Yeah, so Jim, I'm hosting, we're hosting, Ian and I are hosting the Treaty Land Sharing Network public launch, which is going to start out the morning with a pipe ceremony with the uh, fellow from Beardy's First Nation, a um, with a pipe ceremony. He'll lead us in the pipe ceremony, and then we'll have some sharing time with both landholders as well as Indigenous land users, and then we'll have a press conference, and then we'll have lunch. So that's what's happening here tomorrow. And you've announced a new land sharing network. Tell me about that. Just what is that? So it's really, uh, conceptually, it's a very simple idea uh, around some very complex issues. So what uh, farmers and ranchers that sign up with the Treaty Land Sharing Network and agree to the principles are really saying is that they want to um, 
to do the crucial work of honoring treaties. And so uh, what, what I've come to understand is that our treaty relationship when it comes to land is really a, a, a relationship of mutual recognition, mutual respect, and shared responsibility. And it is uh, the opportunity for farmers to, um, to both farm their land uh, and earn a, li- a livelihood from it and maintain, and for Indigenous people, to access the land. So that's really what treaties had in mind on the start, was uh, full sharing of the land and, re- and mutual respect for the different uses that people would have for the land. And members of this treaty land sharing network that you're setting up, they are to be given signs for members to post on their land? Yes, that's right. Uh, so fortunately, we got some funding from the United Church of Canada to produce these very lovely signs. And the signs have been are very important. The Indigenous land users that have engaged with us so far have said that, you know, we need, we need the signs to feel safe to access people's line, uh, land. So the signs are simple, welcoming Indigenous land users, and the Treaty Land Sharing Network website is posted there, which is treatylandsharingnetwork.ca. And on that website, people who want to share their land can sign up against the principles that we have in mind. And Indigenous land users can also find the land that is part of the Treaty Land Sharing Network. Now, your news release points out there are some important reasons why First Nations people need access to farmland. Outline those for me. Well, Indigenous ways of of living involve access to natural spaces, and those natural spaces over time have become more and more curtailed by a whole bunch of decisions by us settlers. And so it really diminishes their opportunity to practice their ways of life and um, and the treaties as intended. We're really supposed to be about sharing. And once I realized that they're about sharing, you go, wow, you know, I can do that. And to, to date, uh, I've only had a really good experience. Ian and I have only had really good experiences with, with our involvement so far. And this enables First Nations people to do what on your land? Uh, they can um, pick berries, um, gather medicinal plants, hunt, gather sacred rocks for sweats, and hold ceremony. Those are the inherent rights that were baked into the treaty relationship. Some livestock producers worry about their cattle accidentally being shot. How do you resolve or get around that one? Well, you know, Jim, as farmers, we've had that concern for a long time before we've even entered into opportunities of inviting Indigenous people to come join us. So that's not unique to any one uh, group of people. Uh, What happens within this one is that we invite uh, Indigenous land users to phone us. Our phone number will be on the sign. And we want to do that to make sure that it's a safe space for them to practice their inherent Indigenous um, rights. So, for example, we have a piece of land that uh, has an acreage carved out in the middle of it. We put up an electric wire. The fellow who lived on that in that property, he nearly decapitated himself because he hadn't realized that the electric... He knew we'd put up the electric wire, but he kind of forgot about it. And uh, so, you know, it was just, we, we just want to ensure safety. And uh, I think the best way to do that is to have our phone number available. The other thing that's really neat, or uh, maybe um, not understood by your, by your listeners, is that this is foot access only. So any concerns that we might have about um, noxious weeds coming on truck tires or quad tires doesn't need to enter into the conversation here. It's foot traffic. 
Husband and wife Mary Smiley and Ian McCurry are hosting a conference tomorrow at their farm at Bladworth for the newly formed Treaty Land Sharing Network. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And SMHI, farmers get your hail insurance coverage with Municipal Hail at an RM office or direct online. Farmers Insuring Farmers, MunicipalHail.ca. The Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association is upset to learn the Trudeau government has refused to immediately implement Bill C-208. The bill was given royal assent on June 29th, yet the government has announced it will not be implemented until at least 2022. The bill removes an unfair tax burden that farmers face when transferring their farm or selling their farm to a family member. Wheat Growers President Gunter Yoakum says many farmers are disappointed. I think it's all of uh, Canada's farmers. So the, the big concern is the inequity in the tax law uh, of, of a family farm selling their farm or passing it on to their children. And we face, depending on which province you're in, uh, you can face an additional tax burden of 20% or more if sold to your child versus selling it to a non-family member. So, in essence, what does that do? It destroys the family farm as we know it. It uh, makes it really tough to entice your kids into taking over your farm. And And don't get me wrong, you know, farmers don't get their uh, um, farms handed to them from their parents on a silver platter. I mean, we all, I have to pay my parents and, and so on. But, but the thing is, you know, it's more advantageous for me, and I'm getting very close to uh, uh, retiring or passing the farm on to one of my children, and, and she's involved in the farm right now, and it makes it harder for our farm because we're faced with up to 20% more tax as if I sold it to a non-family member. Yoakum says the legislation should be law now after receiving royal assent, and he's worried a federal election could kill the entire legislation. He says it shows a big federal government disconnect with farmers. Yoakum says farmers provide safe and nutritious food, and Ottawa should provide more support to the important industry. Gunter Yoakum is the president and Manitoba director of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association. Market update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboine and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Canola fell 3180 at 86057. One red spring wheat went up 442 at 36587. The rest unchanged. Durham 33620, feed barley 25465. Flax 67794, lentils 75150. Oats 21653, yellow peas 34727, feed wheat 23884. At Minneapolis, September spring wheat up seven three quarter cents at eight sixty nine and three quarter cents a bushel. The livestock quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. And now the latest quotes.
Assiniboia Livestock had a regular cow and bull sale on June 30th. Cow prices have come down from our last sale, but heiferettes and bulls are holding steady. Heiferettes sold from 126 to 143. D1 and D2 cows sold from 84 to 1 dollar. D3 cows sold from 45 to 60 cents. Canner cows sold from 16 to 30 cents, and slaughter bulls sold from 110 to 134. We also had a handful of heifers weighing 600 to 700 pounds, selling for 174 to 185. This is Jordan Stevens with the Cinnaboy Livestock Market Report. Have a great ranching day. The latest pork prices: 239.47 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Perry Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. Premier Scott Moe weighed in yesterday on the federal government's decision to reject the province's proposed carbon pricing plan. Moe says, as disappointed as he is with the government's decision, he will keep fighting for a fair carbon pricing plan for Saskatchewan. He adds the province wants to see this plan put into action sooner than later, as having it go back and forth is not helping anyone. The goal would be to not to go back and forth. The goal most certainly would be to bring uh, this all in under the provincial plan uh, so that we can look at ways to recognize uh, what we're doing here in this province, uh, recognize uh, and, and uh, reward. Uh, those people that are, are making the very best decisions around uh, climate change in a more holistic way. So, Moe says the province will not be able to submit another plan to the federal government until at least 2023. On the markets, the TSX is down 45 points at 20,225. The Dow has gained 38 points at 34,927. Oil is down $2 at 73.25 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up to one hundredths of a cent at 79.92 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.